It was a disappointing football and basketball season, but Pokes fans have a lot to look forward to when it comes to this spring. I'm Matt Jordan. Welcome into the Pokes Podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. And yes, football season was a disappointing end. Basketball season had some disappointment at the end of the season. But baseball and softball are off to a phenomenal spring, early part of their campaign as we are into Big 12 play for both of those teams. And there's a lot of good stuff to talk about with those teams. But before that, I want to wrap up the Oklahoma State basketball season, who ended their season in the quarterfinals of the NIT in a loss to North Texas, a game that had a lot of Oklahoma State fans puzzled on how they feel about the coach. It was really 50-50 when you look at uh, support and blame for Mike Boynton and how that game ended against North Texas. Oklahoma State outscored the Mean Green 38-31 in the second half to uh, tie things up heading in to overtime and Oklahoma State had opportunities to win the game two opportunities to win the game at the end of the game with 20 seconds left uh, on the clock Caleb Asbury got fouled headed to the free throw line was 4 of 4 on the night missed not one but both of his free throws Oklahoma is fortunate enough to get the rebound Mike Boynton calls a timeout they get to draw something up, and if what the final play was was what they drew up, it's very disappointing because that final play that they took where John Michael Wright kind of dribbled inside, took just inside of an elbow jumper, and honestly, it was a really ugly shot. Never really had a prayer of going in, and John Michael Wright had been good uh, in the game and, and ha- has had a good season, but I just didn't feel like he was the guy, if that was the draw, the play that was drawn up, I didn't feel like he was the guy that should have taken the shot. Uh, Caleb Asbury had the lead in scoring, but I didn't think uh, Asbury really needed to take the shot because uh, he had just had the two missed free throws, so you got to worry about where his head's at at the moment. Um Sise could have been an interesting guy. He had 13 points on the night. Um, Sise, you know, maybe you draw up a little pick and roll or something to get him an easy bucket inside. He was 6 of 6 on the night, so maybe something interesting there. Uh, Bryce Thompson only had 6 points, uh, but those 6 points came kind of down the stretch that actually helped Oklahoma State tie the game back up. Uh, and then Caleb Boone, who, who struggled during the NIT, only had 4. Um, but, but looking at... Uh, how the game kind of unfolded, really and truly, the play drawn up out of the timeout, in my opinion, just wasn't very good. And a lot of people really went right at Boyton, criticizing him for that end-of-game play that he drew up. And and rightfully so. I mean, maybe John Michael Wright took some things into his own hands. I don't know. But if that was the play that was kind of drawn up for them in that final 14 seconds or so uh, just a really bad play call and then you know on the other side of things people were arguing that uh, you can't coach free throws and that's true Asbury did miss three free throws he missed one in overtime uh, in a critical spot but missed the two that would have given Oklahoma State a two-point lead Uh, but they might not have been safe I mean the way Tyler Perry was playing on the other side of things uh, 23 points uh, six of six from the free throw line. He hit a three that was from 
Steph Curry range that was incredible uh, down the stretch as well. So uh, North Texas was a team that was on a path to win the NIT, and they did. They win. They won the NIT, and so maybe it just came down to two teams that uh, were were fighting tough at the end of the season. Just. Uh, you know, one ran into one that was just a little bit more destined for greatness there. So, uh, Oklahoma State basketball season ends, unfortunately. So, what does the future look like? That is what you want to look at now uh, after a disappointing end. Uh, is Mike Boyton on the hot seat next year? Uh, who's coming back? Who's new? Who could transfer in? Uh, so, let's look at who's leaving. Uh, there were five seniors, uh, six seniors, sorry, six seniors on the roster. Uh, in Avery Anderson, you had Harris, Asbury, Boone, Wright, and then Bernard Kuma. And then you look at Asbury, who tweeted out that his college career was over, so Asbury is not coming back. The other five could be interesting to see. I'm willing to bet because they all have COVID waivers, so that's how that they they can come back. That's why we're even talking about this, is because of uh, the the COVID waiver waiver but I'm willing to bet that Avery Anderson comes back because of how how important he's been to Oklahoma State in his in his years there and also because of how his season ended he was leading the team in scoring at the time of his injury and then he gets injured and misses uh, the last I believe 14 games with that wrist injury and so and that's really when Oklahoma State season derailed he gets injured and then they lose those five games at the end they only get to the second round of the Big 12 tournament they lose in the quarterfinal of the NIT so I am willing to bet that Avery Anderson comes back and that'd be huge for the program next year you got a guy that is na- a natural leader and that is uh, as talented as Avery Anderson is, uh, and at one point contemplated going to the NBA. So excited to see uh, the possibility of Avery Anderson back. I'd like to see John Michael Wright come back. I'm not sure on Wright, and I would love to see Caleb Boone come back. And I got to think Boone comes back because Boone has just grown tremendously over the years but had a really disappointing end to the season. Battled with some illness during the NIT, came off the bench, was not the Caleb Boone we had seen this season during the regular season. And so uh, if I am a betting man, I would bet Avery Anderson and Caleb Boone both come back for another season because of the COVID weather which is good because then you've got uh, Cisse, who is coming back, Thompson, who is coming back, Woody Newton coming back. So there's a lot of underclassmen that will be back, and then uh, there are four recruits that are are coming in as well, uh, led by uh, Brandon Garrison out of Dell City, who is a top 40 player nationally. So the team has some potential. Uh, There's some transfers I saw that are looking at Oklahoma State that have kind of narrowed it down in the portal. Um, So bright future possibly in what could be a hot seat season for Mike Boyden. Oklahoma State has to make the national tournament next year or Mike Boyden is let go. I think it's as simple as that. You have to make the national tournament. I think you need to finish in the top half of the Big 12, which is going to be a little bit more difficult next year because you're going to add in four teams. The Big 12 will consist of UCF, BYU, Houston, who uh, was a one seed in this year's tournament, and uh, Cincinnati. So you've got 
added competition to what is already a really good Big 12, and I think you're going to need to finish in the top half of it and make the NCAA tournament if Mike Boynton wants to keep his job. A lot of people were, were calling for firing Boynton at the end of this season. I think he's going to get another chance. Obviously, we've made it to this point, and he hasn't been let go of yet. Um, but I think he's on the hot seat next year, and I think that he has to make it to the tournament and finish in the top half of the Big 12 and win a tournament game. I don't even know if he's full safe by just making the tournament. I think really and truly they need to win a tournament game in order to really secure his position. And, and maybe it's time for a change. You know, he's been good for the program. He, he's a fun guy. He's definitely bought in. Um, he's been rumored to a few other schools, a Brooklyn native. Every time a job opening comes up in that area, he's kind of rumored to, to one of those schools. So um, I've enjoyed Mike Boynton. I feel like, you know, he's a fun guy, fun coach, kind of fun guy to root for. So I kind of hope that he makes the next step as a coach this next season in what is going to be a tougher Big 12. I know that's hard to say with how tough the Big 12 was this year, but I think it's going to be even tougher Big 12. And then uh, I really think you really need to make the tournament. He misses the tournament again. Uh, I think his tenure at Oklahoma State as the head basketball coach uh, will come come to an end. So, uh, one coach who has nothing to worry about um, because he is secure as secure can be, and that is uh, Kenny Gajewski, the head coach of the softball team. They are 30-2 and two right now, and they just continue to look so dominant, so dominant as a team. They're one of the two best teams in the country, and have uh, won games in many different ways against some really good opponents over the course of those 30 wins. And uh, as of late, you know, anytime a team is as good as what Oklahoma State has been, with as good as a record as they have been, you, you still, you know, you, you got. You, I like to nitpick a bit, you know, and it, and it does feel like nitpicking because of how good they are. Um, but the bats have seen seemed a little off over the course of, of the last oh week or so of games, uh, pitching has been very good for the most part, um, but the bats seem a little quieter than normal. I mean, at the start of the season, and it was a hard pace to keep up with, but they were just absolutely running over teams. But as of late, in the middle of March, essentially, uh, you know, there's a lot more closer games: one o, four o, six o, two o, five o, five one, three one. Uh, against teams that maybe you thought uh, might, maybe might score a little bit more against, um, but uh, but the bats seem a little quieter than they had been. Um, but that's really, I mean, I am nitpicking again. Uh, really, that's the only thing I, I can nitpick because of how good the team has been. Uh, had the series, the weekend series against Baylor that they won all three games. Uh, the first one was dicey. They went into uh, extra innings. It took 11 innings to win that game, and they won it 6-5. to five. Actually, they, two of the last four games have gone extra. Um, they won that one 6-5, to five, and then they shut them out game two with a 5-0 win and then 5-1 to wrap things up last Sunday. And then uh, they have a 3-1 win against Tulsa. That game went into extras uh, nine-inning game that they, they won uh in, in Tulsa uh, with a with a go-ahead home run in the top half of that ninth inning. And then they have a doubleheader this weekend uh, against Incarnate Word. Uh, Incarnate Word, uh, like 11 and 15, I think. So um, a team that you never want to overlook anyone, but that's a team you got to think you, you handle pretty well. Then they'll come back, take on Wichita State, and then they've got KU, Tulsa again, uh, UT Arlington, 
Iowa State, Wichita State, Texas, and then Texas Tech to wrap up April. And then you look into May, just four games in May, North Texas, and then in the series against, uh, in the season with a series against OU. That is one that everyone has their calendars circled for because that is going to be more than likely a matchup of one versus two heading into the Big 12 championship and then into the regionals. So Oklahoma State, um, without any hiccups uh, moving forward, got to think that they are 1v2 come uh, that end-of-year matchup with the Sooners. Uh, Then the Texas games, the other one everyone's got their calendar circled for, uh, come towards the end of April. April 20th, 21st, and 22nd. That's another fun one. That should be a top 10 matchup. Uh, The Baylor one was a top 25 matchup. So we'll see how they move throughout the rest of their season. But right now, just just continue to be uh, a dominant team. Pitching, hitting has all been great for them. And uh, when you look at some of their leaders, Rachel Becker has over a 500 average, 511. Katie Lott is hitting 406. Uh, Kylie and Naomi 383. Uh, there's some home, big home run hitters on the team. Naomi has eight. Uh, Michaela Wark has six. Uh, Morgan Wayne or Morgan Wynn has six as well. And then you look at how they they kind of set with the rest of the Big 12, and uh, Rachel Becker leads the Big 12 in batting average. Uh, Kylie Naomi is third in RBIs. Uh, Rachel Becker is third in on-base percentage. Kelly Maxwell, big-time lead. Maxwell, a big-time lead on strikeouts. Maxwell has 135, the next closest, 94. 94, so that's uh, pretty incredible uh, by that team. And pitching, I mentioned, has been absolutely outstanding. Maxwell is 10-0. and uh, Kyra Acock is 7-0. and Lexi Kilfoyle is 9-1. and uh, Kilfoyle actually has the lowest ERA on, a on the team, 138 and 61 innings pitched. Maxwell with a 170 and 74 innings pitched. And Acock with a 50, uh, or 192 and 51 innings pitched. Uh, strikeouts, I mentioned uh, Maxwell's 100 100 plus strikeouts, uh, 62 for Kilfoyle, 40 for Kyra Acock. Uh, so it is it's an impressive staff. Uh, and then Ivy Rosenberry has kind of been the th- the fourth person. She has a 2.86 ERA in 22 innings. So uh, really, Kilfoyle, Acock, and Maxwell have been holding things down. And I talked about early in the season who could be those people behind them. And Kyra Acock has had a phenomenal season. I mean, just absolute hats off to her as uh, she just continues to keep up with a great season. Uh, just really, I mean, it's impressive. The freshman has played so great behind Kilfoyle and Maxwell. And then, uh, actually, Kilfoyle has been better than Maxwell in recent games. It, I just, pitching-wise, this team is is so set to just to win a three-game series because of how well these players pitch. If the bats pick it up, you know, Five runs is really all they need most nights to win a game. So softball continues its hot streak, and then baseball. Baseball's been uh, a little a little up and down as of late. Uh, had the kind of bum series against Texas Tech where they lost uh, two of three, and then they went on a little bit of a streak there. Beat Wichita State. They dominated Baylor. In, in that three-game series against Baylor, the first game of that one went close, 11-9 to in 11 innings. It's actually kind of fun watching softball, baseball that night. 
both playing Baylor, both going extra innings, both needing those extra innings to come away with the victory, and they, they both did. And then they had a really bad loss to Dallas Baptist on on Tuesday in their last game. They lost that game where they were shut out 8-0. to And I want to say that is, yes, is their first shutout of the season. The loss to Arkansas was their previous worst loss where they just scored one run. But first shutout of the season, the offense has been very good for Oklahoma State, and they just did not have it for whatever reason against that Dallas Baptist team, which DBU, you know, 17-8, and eight, they're not a team to uh, look away from. Uh, they're Division Two, and I think in all other sports, but a very historic program there for Dallas Baptist. So now they've got an interesting test. It's a top 25 matchup against Texas, a Texas team that has won 17 straight games. 17 straight games. They are uh, on a quite the hot streak, you know, something that this Cowboys team saw earlier this season when they went on a nice hot streak themselves before that came to an end in that Texas Tech matchup. But they are at home. They get to take on Texas at home at O'Brate. It's a top 25 matchup. And uh, Texas, like I said, they've won 17 straight games. And when you look at uh, some of the uh, top rankings for players in the Big 12. Uh, Oklahoma State has two players in the top three in home runs. Rock Riggio and Nolan Schubert both have eight. Texas has a top three in batting average. Uh, Peyton Powell, 416 batting average. Uh, Jerron Watts-Brown leads the Big 12 in strikeouts with 55. Lucas Gordon has 41 for Texas. Texas has two of the best ERAs. In the Big 12, Lucas Gordon, a 165, and Charlie Hurley, a 186, and then Isaac Stebbins, a 188, third for Oklahoma State, and then Nolan Schubert is third in batting average, or sorry, on base percentage, on base percentage with a 528. So both teams have several high ranked players statistically when it comes to uh, the Big 12 stats, and you look at this. Um, Texas team, they swept at home, they swept Texas Tech. So uh, a team that Oklahoma State struggled with a little bit, they swept. They won 6-2, 6-5, and 9-8, so close games, but a sweep of Texas Tech, and now they get set to take on uh, Oklahoma State. And when you look at, uh, I mentioned some of their their leaders statistically, uh, their pitching has been very good. I would argue that it's been better than Oklahoma State's pitching. Uh, Jerome Watts-Brown has had a good year, 297, but after Brown and Stebbins, it really drops off a bit. Ben Abraham has a 5 ERA. He's the only other one that qualifies with 27 innings pitch. So we'll see how things break out with this three-game series, but it's going to be a fun one at O'Brate come this weekend because uh, of how both these teams are kind of playing and it's really going to shift things out for who's the best team in the Big 12. If Oklahoma State can take two of three after Texas just took three against Texas Tech, that'll help Oklahoma State in their standings. Of course, Texas Tech comes into this game with a 19-7 and record and as I said, they won 17 straight games. Uh, they lost their first three games of the season uh, to Arkansas, Missouri, and Vanderbilt. Then they won next three, and then they lost three again, Indiana, LSU, and one to Cal State Fullerton. 
Um, they actually dropped two of three to Cal State Fullerton. And then after that loss, that, that loss to Cal State Fullerton in that third game, they have not lost since then. So Oklahoma State looking to put a stop to that Texas win streak this weekend. And uh, big time, got to think, you got to take two of three if you're Oklahoma State to kind of put yourself in a better position moving forward for Big 12 play. And you look at the schedule uh, coming up, they've got Wichita State again. Uh, On Tuesday, that game will be at O'Brate. Then they travel to take on TCU. Then ORU, West Virginia comes to O'Brate. They have one game of Bedlam at O'Brate. Three-game series in Lawrence against KU. Then Wichita State back at O'Brate. Then they have a three-game series up in Michigan taking on the Wolverines in Ann Arbor. Then they take on ORU at ORU. East Tennessee State coming up in May. K-State and then a three-game series against Oklahoma in Norman to end the season. Uh, The regular season ends on May 20th. So some interesting games. A lot of Big 12 play left. A lot of uh, out-of-conference games that are pretty important as well um, with Wichita State, ORU, and, and Michigan. So looking at Oklahoma State, baseball, softball, seems like on the right path, although softball been a bit better than the baseball team has and we'll see how those rude uh, continue to work themselves out. And I got to think that both Cowgirls and Cowboys fans will have a lot to root for when you look at uh, how the rest of the spring is going to play out. And then looking at, uh, as we wrap up here, just kind of want to look at a few things uh, for football as we're into spring football. Uh, Oklahoma State lost a lot in the transfer portal, uh, but they have gotten some stuff back. Um, they've made improvements on the offensive line. They've made some improvements at tight end and the defensive line. Of course, um, lost a little bit with Alan Bowman coming in for Spencer Sanders, but Sp- Sanders has been so up and down. Oklahoma State may not be even worried about that. And then you're looking at wide receivers. They lost five wide receivers, but they've already replaced five wide receivers as well. So Oklahoma State football, as the spring continues to work themselves out, I got to think that, you know, Gundy figures it out, has this team competitive for a new look Big 12. This has been the Pokes Podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network.